If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You're listening to episode 45 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this week's episode, we are talking about mom guilt, self-care, and the importance of having a non-negotiable morning routine. Now, if you're a mom, when you hear the term morning routine, you probably think about all these terrible things you have to do, such as getting breakfast on the table, dressing the kids, and getting them out the door on time. That's not the morning routine we're talking about today. We're outlining the four pillars of a completely hedonistic, just-for-you morning routine so that you can get in your self-care without feeling guilty. My guest this week is Liz Carlisle. She is a health coach and a fellow podcaster who has perfected her own mornings, and she's here to help us perfect ours too. Now, you can find this week's show notes over at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 045, mamaminimalist.com forward slash 045. Enjoy the interview. Liz, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm great, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Why don't we start by you telling us all about yourself? Oh, God. Well, you know, I think what I always go back to when I talk about my story is it really began when I became a mother. And, you know, before that time, I was kind of just living my life, you know, as a 20-something-year-old, you know, doing what I wanted to do, just kind of living free. And it was when I had my first son that all of that came to a screeching halt. And this is something that I hear a ton with other women. And really, it was such a culture change for me and my husband and our marriage. Um, I didn't really know what to do. I felt like I was thrown into a washing machine. And, you know, I didn't know what was up, what was down. You know, I thought I was supposed to be so incredibly happy, and I was. But at the same time, I felt incredibly robbed of my freedom and robbed of happiness. And I was you know, just really resentful and and just feeling like there was never going to be a break, you know? Um, and so one night I was bathing my son in the tub and he was about six months old and I just started to cry. And I just, I just realized in that moment that I needed to make a change. I needed to start making my happiness and my my stability as a woman, as a person, the priority in my life, if I was ever going to be 
anything for my son and my husband and the rest of my family and, and you know eventually my second son. So I started to just take time for myself. And I know it sounds really simple, but I started to steal time is how I would think of it because there was so much pent up guilt and and just hesitation to go outside and go for a run or go to a yoga class and be away from my poor little baby who I'd wished for and hoped for for over a year. And now I'm just leaving him. Like it was so, there were so many mixed emotions that came up with that. So regardless of those, I just started to do it. And I started to kind of crawl my way out of these baby blues that I was feeling and just like this hole that I felt like I was in. Um, And so I started after my second son was born, I knew what I had to do. So it wasn't as bad. And then I started to blog about it. I started a blog a couple years ago and just talking about the importance of moms being selfish. And it sounds like kind of a cavalier title. And I, I did that intentionally. It was really to get people's attention. And it did. It really, really did. Um, it got so many, I got so many responses from mothers and women saying, yes, like this is exactly what I needed to hear. I've been feeling so guilty about taking time for myself and I need to do it. I know I need to do it, but I just haven't been. So thank you. Um, and so those blogs turned into published articles and those kind of blew up. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something. So I ended up going to the Institute for Integrated Nutrition because I was just really curious about health and wellness. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I can be a health coach and help other women. So that's what I've been doing. And then, you know, I started my own podcast, Motherhood Unstressed. And it's really all about that. It's all about self-care and self-love and really making yourself the priority in your life so that you can help everyone else around you. That sounds exactly like my journey. If I had uh, put it out there, it sounds exactly the same. There's something about the transition from becoming a wife to becoming a mother that nothing can prepare you for that. And it just knocked me on my butt. And it sounds like I'm not the only one. It happens to to many women who think they've got it all figured out. And I definitely want to talk about self-care. That's what we're talking about today. But I really would just like to talk about mom guilt for a second. You mentioned mom guilt. And you also mentioned baby blues. Why is it that nobody ever talks about baby blues? I don't know. I don't know. And I think... It's so common. I think it's more common for women to be in that state of kind of not full on depression, but pretty darn low and and not want to talk to anyone about it because there's this shame around it. Like, oh, there's something wrong with me or I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be on cloud nine because our culture tells us that that's how it's supposed to be. And it's such BS. And so we just play this game of keeping up with the Joneses on Instagram, you know, I've got this together. I've lost all the baby weight. I am rocking this mom thing. And it's just not reality. And I think the more that we talk about it, like in conversations like this, we're healing all these other women saying, you know, it's okay. You know, you can tell your story too. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to think any less of you if you're having a hard time. Like it's okay. And I don't know. And I think too, women who are super independent, you know, they're used to running their own lives. I mean, we're living in a different time than our mothers lived in. And so the majority of women are getting married later and having kids later. And that's great. But at the same time, when you are thrown into the role of mother, it's going to rock you so much more, I feel like, than it affected our mothers, you know, because you've already established who you are. And now that is, she is no longer there. 
Yes, I totally agree with all of that. Moms, we hear it an awful lot. Self-care is so important. Uh, You have to do it. And that all sounds well and good in theory, but in practice, if there's just no time for it, it's impossible. So what is self-care in your opinion? Self-care in my mind and all of these conversations I've had with other people is incredibly bio-individual to every person. Um, what is going to be really nourishing and healing for you is going to not work for somebody else. So your job to everyone listening to this is to find out what lights you up. What do you do? What activity do you do that you get excited about doing that when you're done with it, you feel so much lighter and so much happier and just blissed out? What is that? You know, ask yourself. And if you don't know, that's okay because a lot of people have no clue. So really, it's about sitting down with yourself in a quiet space, taking out a journal and just free writing and finding out, what do I even like? Like, Because it can change. Like six months ago, you're a different person. So find out where you are now and what really makes you happy. And and then go do that. And then make that a non-negotiable activity in your life. And and don't look back. Today, we're talking about a morning routine. And so I'm wondering, are you suggesting that we take whatever it is we love, that individual thing that we all have that lights us up? Should we do that in the morning or is a morning routine something bigger? Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, It's more of a practice. Um, And so really the morning routine starts the night before, you know, and I know people listening are not going to like what I'm about to say, but having an effective morning routine that's going to really prime you for the day has to start the night before. And I know it's right when you put the kids down, you've grabbed your glass of wine, you're about to put on Bravo TV or something really terrible and just like junk food for your mind, but you got to not do that. And instead, get to bed at least by 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I know no one wants to hear this, but I'm telling you, if you want that magic morning for yourself the next day, You've got to get to bed early. And then, you know, when you wake up, you have that time for yourself. You have your alone time, your time to connect with who you really are, discover what's going on, you know, what lights you up, who you are, and then you make that the start of your day. And once you do that, the whole day changes and then the whole week changes. And then all of a sudden your life is different. And then all of a sudden it's Friday. Right. (laughs) And you've accomplished so much more than you ever would have. You know, if you had stayed up late and then hit snooze 20 times, which I'm not judging because I'm I'm there at least once a week. So it sounds like when you talk about morning routines, you actually have to talk about nighttime routines as in the nighttime before, the night before. So walk us through that. Like what does a nighttime routine look like for the average overtired, overstressed mom who just wants to drink wine and watch Bravo? (laughs) I know. I know. It starts right when you get the kids down. So usually, you know, that can range for people from 7 to 8.30 to maybe 9 o'clock. So you've gotten the kids down. You have, you know, cleaned up the kitchen, done what you need to do. And then you can grab some tea or some water and you have to get to bed. And you can spend some time reading or doing something that kind of calms you down. You could do 10 minutes of yoga or meditation or just, you know, some gentle stretching. And then you have to get into bed. Um, no later than I would say 1030, uh, unless you really don't need a lot of sleep, but God, I feel like we're all lacking sleep in America these days. Oh, and definitely put your phone away. 
So no blue light, at least an hour and a half before you're going to go to bed because it tricks your brain into thinking that the sun is out. So if you absolutely have to be on a computer or on your phone, um, then you can get those blue reflecting glasses, blue light reflecting glasses. Um, And then you're in bed. So then you have primed yourself to get up early the next morning before anyone else is up. I like to get up at 5, sometimes 4.45, 4.30. And from there, I am chugging water first thing in the morning. I have water right by on my nightstand. And then after I do that, I am on the floor. I have a yoga mat right by my bed. And I do about 10 minutes of gentle stretching, a little yoga flow. And then from there, I am journaling. I do about three pages of morning pages. And morning pages are from the amazing Julia Cameron. She wrote The Artist's Way and all these different um, beautiful, wonderful books about discovering your creativity. And really, you just free write. And it can be something as mundane as, I need to get bread today, or I need to drop off the dry cleaning, or blah, blah, blah. But then by the third page, you are discovering what's really going on inside of you. You know, what are you thinking about? What, what, what dramas are you struggling with? You know, who are you mad at? And all of a sudden, it's on the page and you're processing it and you're getting it out of your head and onto the page and you're not carrying around with you the rest of the day. You've literally taken it out of your body onto the page. And then from there, you've journaled, you've, you've gotten your hydration, you've done your movement. Especially after I've journaled, I like to do about 10 minutes of meditation because if you meditate before you journal, according to Julia, you suddenly don't care about all these things that are bothering you and that's not really effectively dealing with them. I mean, I'm a huge fan of meditation, but you need to actually get them out of you, out of your body. From there, you are ready to take on the day. That's interesting. So many things you said were quite interesting to me. But I did just do two episodes on mindfulness and meditation and how important they are. And I feel as though perhaps your journaling suggestion is really just a way for people who are akin to writing, as you may be as a blogger, uh, to really process all the crazy mom things going on in your brain. Since you do that first before meditation, it might even be like a prepper for really just sitting down in silence and reconnecting with yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And really like, and that's why I like to do the movement as well before sitting down in meditation, because when you're crunched up in the bed all night, like you're sore, you're achy. I don't care how old you are, you are. Um, when you get out of bed after eight hours. So to really move your body and then to journal and get that all out and then you're able to really sit and connect. I mean, that's magic. I mean, the pe- the amount of people who are doing that in the world are just, it's a minuscule amount. So the fact if you can do this, you know, and stick with it, you are going to amaze yourself at what you can do for the day. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question, which is I hear a lot of, moms in my head listening right now saying, yeah, that sounds lovely, but it's just not realistic. So I'm wondering if you can sell it to us a little bit more because I hear moms saying, but my kid might wake up at three and then I can't go back to sleep and then I'm stressed and anxious and I have to make breakfast and pack lunch. Give us a little more details to really just get us to jump on board. Well, first off, I absolutely commiserate. I understand. I know that, you know, what I've laid out here seems like a lot. 
Um, and if your kid does get up in the middle of the night, that's happened to me. Just just try and get up a little bit earlier and do one of the things, you know, drink your water and then do some stretching. And then that and then, you know, have some grace for yourself and and just know that it's okay. Like you still did something, you know, you still did something for yourself. And that's really what I want to hit home from our chat today is, you know, this is all good and great. And you're really, you know, setting up a routine and, you know, it sounds very like disciplinarian, but really what it is, it's you loving yourself. It's you loving yourself enough to get up a little bit earlier and take care of yourself and do some things that no one else is going to do for you. No one else cares, you know, if you get up or not and do these things. No one cares. You have to care. You have to care about yourself and loving yourself. And you start doing that. And I'm telling you, you are going to change as a person for the better. Mm. How adaptable is the morning routine that you speak of for individual interests. So let's say you have somebody who just has no interest in yoga or has no interest in journaling. What could a morning routine that really lights them up and sets them up for the day look like? Yeah. So that's really, that's a great question because so many people don't connect with, you know, those things. And so really it goes back to finding out and realizing, you know, bringing in that self-awareness. Well, what do I like? You know, maybe it's getting up and reading, or maybe it's getting up and doing an insane, intense hit workout. I mean, that's awesome. You know? So again, if, if journaling and yoga is not your thing, um, then find out what is, maybe it's going to a spin class, you know, those are awesome and fun. Um, but I, I will say non-negotiable would be the hydration. If you're going to do, you're going to change the whole routine, change it up, but don't skip your water because nobody is drinking enough water. Do you by any chance drink celery juice? Oh my God. Okay. So I have, I'm, you know, I'm, I was big into the medical medium, of course. Um, and I made it a couple times and I just, oh God, Stephanie, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I mean, I was really wooed by the medical benefits and a friend even did the juicing for me and brought it to my house in a cup and all I had to do was consume it and it was just gross. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I just really can't do celery without peanut butter. I've just been ruined. Yeah. I can't do it ever. It's just disgusting. But <laughs> okay. Back to morning routines. <laughs> I am a spontaneous person or so I'd like to think. Even if spontaneity isn't in my best interest, I don't like to be dictated to schedules and routines and alarm clocks. What would you say to naysayers like me? Ooh. So I think I would have to find out what your driving, what your driver is, because so many people are motivated by different things. A lot of people are motivated by information or goods or you know, a myriad of, like we're all made up differently. So I love that you said that. Um, I think it would have to come back to, well, what's your intention for yourself? What's your goal for yourself? Is your goal to feel less stressed? Is your goal to, you know, be happier? Okay. So what, what would make you happy? Would having some time for yourself do that? If the answer is yes, then okay, well, where are you going to find that time? The best time that I have found is in the morning when everyone else is sound asleep and you can just steal that time for yourself and do whatever it is that makes you happy. Um, because I feel like once that day gets going, it's really hard to 
to really get that time because so many things are coming out. It's like the morning hours are just these magical hours that we have as women to ourselves. Um, so much more so than night when, you know, a kid could wake up or, you know, the TV is calling or, you know, the phone is calling. Um, so the morning really is, I think, just a prime opportunity to, to really create the life that you want for yourself. You bring up a really interesting point and an important point, which is that as the day gets going, it's kind of like a snowball where you, if you say, oh, I'll get to my self-care at nap. Um, well, at nap time, that's just before dinner. So you're probably not, you're probably going to forego self-care to start dinner or, um, you know, I'll do it after the kids are in bed. But after the kids go in bed, you're probably exhausted and just want to watch Bravo on the couch, right? So giving yourself the gift of self-care in the morning is actually quite smart because everybody's asleep. So you can't really empty the dishwasher or you can't do anything loud, at least in my house, my oldish, creakyish house. Like <laughs> there's not much I can do except for self-care. Oh, absolutely. And I want to bring up like there's no guilt that comes up. I used to feel so guilty when everyone was awake, you know, even if we were just hanging out at the house and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to a yoga class or I'm going to go to a spin class. And then I would be gone like for an hour and a half to two hours. And I, it was really hard. So again, in the morning, everyone's asleep. You're not leaving anyone, even though they're probably 100% fine. Um, you know, you just can rest assured that what you're doing for yourself is not encroaching on anyone else. And, and no one really needs you at that time. That's your time just for yourself. Hmm. How has your life changed after taking time for yourself? Oh my God. Tremendously. Um, I am such a different person than I was. Motherhood broke open my heart and my soul, which I think again is super common for us as moms. Um, it just, it takes you to another level. You know, you're so worried about this little person and keeping them alive and then making sure that you're doing a good job. So that broke me open. And then from there, I feel like it was such a great vessel for me to discover who I really was. And for a long time, I wasn't really doing a good job of that. And I think that's why I was so down and so just not happy and not living to my full potential. And so when I did start taking that time for myself and and doing whatever it took to make sure I was filling my cup, I just brought it to a whole nother level. You know, life now is a gift and I see it, you know, and especially if I can get my journaling in and do my meditation, it's like I go through the day noticing so many things, noticing miracles and the beauty of life in the trees and flowers and people that I meet. And it's just, it's such a different existence than the one I was living before. I mean, it's just remarkable. That's all I can say. Do you think you're a better mom? 100%. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about when you're tired and you're stressed out and your poor little child just wants your attention, you know, they just want to connect with you, you're not going to have anything to give them. You're going to snap at them. I got to do the dishes or I got to do this or I've got to do dinner. I mean, you're just, you're going to react because you are at your limit. You know, you've been giving, giving, giving when you haven't been refilling your cup. And so you're going to just say something that you're going to regret. And then you're going to be in bed or watching Bravo later and go, man, you know, I really wish I would have dealt with that better. And how can I talk about this? Because I've been there, you know, it's, it's 
awful. That feeling is awful. So yeah, when you do these things for yourself, you are so much a better mother for your kids and you're a better spouse and you're a better better coworker. I mean, it just, it translates into everything that you do and who you interact with as a person. Hmm. Do you do any other things regularly for self-care? Yeah. So I, I love to run too. I feel like, especially when I'm running away from the house, it's like this cathartic, ah, I'm free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I love to run. I love to um, lift weights, you know, nothing crazy, but to get that resistance and to build some muscle, I feel like is empowering, you know, on a physical level and also on a mental level. Um, yoga is like, you know, yoga is yoga. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm reading. I love to read. Liz, thank you so much. Uh, I'm thinking about my own morning routine, which often entails hitting the snooze button until <laughs> a kid wakes up and I, <laughs> I fully intend to tweak it. Thanks to you. Where can my listeners get more of you and your podcast? Yeah. So I pretty much live on Instagram under motherhood unstressed. Um, I also have a website, motherhoodunstressed.com and that's where you can find me. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your morning routine wisdom. I, I so enjoyed talking to you. This was a blast. Thank you so, so much. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Liz Carlisle of Motherhood Unstressed. Be sure to check out this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero four five. On next week's show, we are talking about strategies to have yourself a minimalist holiday season. I will see you then. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.